Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, after a deadly weekend of gun violence across America, the new gun law in New York State. Plus, our new reporting on Congress. Are they close to a deal on expanded background checks and red flag laws? From Pennsylvania to Arizona, at least 17 people killed and scores more injured nationwide. Tonight, the new surveillance footage and an arrest in Philadelphia of a man accused of using a ghost gun on a busy street. The latest on the war in Ukraine. The growing concern about a worldwide food crisis as about 25 million tons of wheat sit rotting in a blocked port. This as the U.S. tries to seize these two private planes worth more than $400 million owned by a Russian oligarch. The judge assassinated. The stunning new details of a retired Wisconsin judge killed in his own home. Tonight, the names of other prominent lawmakers on the alleged gunman's hit list. Record-breaking heat wave from the West Coast to Texas, plus the latest on the flooding in Miami. Breast cancer breakthrough, a promising drug in the fight against breast cancer. Could it be more effective than chemo? The 1,000-pound great white shark off the Jersey coast. Look at this monster. And the 2022 Special Olympics will introduce you to some of the incredible athletes. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us as we start a new week together. Tonight we begin with the growing epidemic of gun violence that spread across 10 states with more than a dozen mass shootings since Friday. At least 17 people were killed and nearly 70 others injured in shootings from Philadelphia to Chattanooga, from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Somerton, South Carolina. The rise in gun violence and mass shootings seems to be impacting every community across the country. There have been 246 mass shootings so far in just this year, while today is just the 157th day of the year. In the last month, shootings have taken place at churches, grocery stores, doctor's offices, and elementary schools. According to the Gun Violence Archive, more than 700 children under the age of 18 have been killed by firearms so far this year. And this follows data from the CDC showing that for the first time in history, firearms were the leading cause of death for children in the U.S. in 2020. So when will Congress and lawmakers do something about the violence? As we talk to a surgeon tonight who says this is now a public health crisis. CBS's Jerika Duncan will start us off tonight from Philadelphia. Good evening, Jerika. Good evening to you. As you can hear, people here in Philadelphia are simply fed up with the gun violence, even blocking off traffic near where I am standing. It was just this past Saturday that hundreds of people were gathered here along South Street in a very busy section of the city when those shootings broke out. Today, we learned from police that one person has been arrested and there are warrants out for two others. But as we have covered these stories before, we're hearing once again more calls for action, more worry about the future. What started in Philadelphia as a confrontation with words quickly turned physical, then deadly. The gunfire, the screaming, the panic ended with three people dead and 11 others injured. It was just one of several mass shootings this weekend. Philadelphia's district attorney Larry Krasner calls what's happening in his city heartbreaking. We want to get it right. We want to do justice. We want people who do terrible crimes to be accountable. When you and other leaders talk about acting and not just talking, what does that entail? What does that mean? It means we need long-term solutions. We need a real investment in prevention because it is young people killing young people. We need legislation that will actually make this country safer. It's a country more recently awash in shootings. In Chicago, which leads the U.S. in gun violence, at least 32 people were shot and five people were killed. In Tennessee, gunfire outside a nightclub claimed the lives of two people while 14 others were wounded. Some residents now wondering whether it will ever be safe to go out again. Many people right now are feeling unsafe and concerned about, um, about our welfare and, uh, and about the safety of our neighborhood. In South Carolina and Texas, shootings at graduation parties killed one person and injured a dozen others, including a 12-year-old. It's definitely getting worse. Jessica Beard is a Philadelphia trauma surgeon and gun violence researcher. Law enforcement responds to gun violence. They aren't the solution or the prevention. Things need to change in that we approach gun violence as a public health problem with the goal to prevent it. Authorities say two of the men involved in the shooting here in Philadelphia had permits to carry their guns. Uh, one of them was not charged because police say he fired his gun in self-defense, nor the other man did not survive. Trika Duncan, thank you for your reporting. 
Back here in Washington, the daily headlines of mass shootings are putting pressure on a bipartisan group of lawmakers to find common ground and pass new gun control measures. Both Democrats and Republicans said today that progress is being made. CBS's Nicole Killian is on Capitol Hill tonight. Don't look away. Wearing bulletproof vests. Students rallied outside of the U.S. Capitol. Lawmakers under intensifying pressure in Washington and back home. The answer is not to do nothing. As bipartisan negotiations resume in the Senate over gun legislation. What we're talking about is substantial. Um, it will save lives. Democratic negotiators say a deal could be completed this week around a proposal that includes enhanced background checks, new incentives for states with red flag laws that keep guns from people who could do harm, as well as investments in school safety and mental health. Where do negotiations stand at this point in time? I'm hopeful, but I've been down this road before and hope stashed. A new CBS News poll does show a majority of Americans support stricter gun laws, and more than half of parents say their school-aged children have felt sad, scared, or nervous since the Uvalde shooting. Texas Republican John Cornyn is leading the negotiations for the GOP. And we have to be realistic about what can pass both chambers of Congress and get the president's signature. And we know it's not easy. I want to be clear, though, we are not talking about restricting the rights of current law-abiding gun owners. Some states aren't waiting for Congress to act, like New York, where just weeks after an 18-year-old killed 10 people at a grocery store, Governor Kathy Hochul signed a series of reforms into law today, including raising the minimum age to buy a semi-automatic rifle from 18 to 21. It just keeps happening. Shots ring out, flags come down, and nothing ever changes except here in New York. Survivors and family members of the victims of the Buffalo and Uvalde shootings are expected to appear before Congress this week in hearings, including the 11-year-old girl from Robb Elementary who smeared herself in her dead classmate's blood to stay alive. Nora? How can lawmakers turn away from that? Nicole Killian, thank you. Well, tonight, some of the most aggressive charges stemming from the January 6th assault on the Capitol, the Justice Department charging the leader of the right-wing hate group, the Proud Boys, and four other members with seditious conspiracy. The five were already facing other charges related to the insurrection. Let's turn now to the war in Ukraine, because tonight the U.S. made a major move to go after one of the Russia's richest oligarchs and his planes. The Justice Department obtained seizure warrants for two luxury jets belonging to former Chelsea football club owner Roman Abramovich that includes a $350 million Boeing Dreamliner. And today, President Zelensky said Russian troops are closing in on key cities in the country's southeast. And CBS's Chris Flizsay is following it all from the port city of Odessa. Capital Kyiv once again in the crosshairs. Russia says it attacked tanks donated by Ukrainian allies, but local resident Leonid says there's nothing here but rail cars. A smoldering reminder that Russia can strike whenever and wherever it wants by air, even if only to terrify Ukrainians far from the front lines, says Captain Natalia Hemenyuk. Sounds like terrorism. It sounds like terrorism because it is terrorism, she says. 
Russia now occupies 20% of Ukrainian territory, says Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, who visited the embattled Donbas region at extreme risk to his own life. In this deadly struggle of tug of war, Ukraine has recaptured territory in Severodonetsk and is intent on pushing Russian troops back to their border with the help of advanced long-range missile systems en route from the United States. Once they get here, Vladimir Putin is now vowing Russia will strike new targets in retaliation. For now, Russia is blockading Ukraine's ports, where more than 20 million tons of grain destined for the developing world risk rotting on the docks. As fears mount of a worsening global food crisis, France is the latest country to urge finding a so-called off-ramp for Vladimir Putin's disastrous war, one that would avoid humiliating the Russian president. What do you say to that? It's impossible for Putin to humiliate himself or his country more than he already has, she says. President Zelensky says that mountain of grain could more than triple by the fall. One solution he's been discussing is enlisting the help of a third country to help ship it through the Black Sea full of mines and Russian warships. Nora. Chris Livesay, thank you so much. There's also some breaking news from London tonight where Boris Johnson has narrowly survived a vote of no confidence by his own conservative party. The vote could have cost him his job as prime minister. Here's CBS's Ramey and Asensio. I think it's a, a convincing result, a decisive result. A defiant Boris Johnson reveled in his survival. We can focus on what we're doing to help people with the cost of living. Vowed to press on with a new tax-cutting agenda. I've got a far bigger mandate from my own parliamentary colleagues, for instance, than I had uh, in 2019. And vowed to carry on. But Johnson is damaged goods, while nearly 59% of his own Conservative Party members said they still hold confidence in him, more than 41% showed they do not. This is less support than his predecessor, Theresa May, who resigned six months after winning her vote of confidence in 2018. At the core of many people's frustration, the so-called Partygate scandal in which he and staff held illegal drinking gatherings during the country's COVID lockdowns. Johnson was fined by police. And this past weekend, public anger came to a head when Johnson was publicly booed outside London's iconic St. Paul's Cathedral at a special service for Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. And Johnson is safe from another vote of no confidence for the next year. But this rebellion within his own party could still very well be the start of the end of his time here at 10 Downing Street. Nora. Ramey and Asensio, thank you. Now to a bizarre and frightening story from Wisconsin, where a retired judge was shot and killed in his home early Friday by a gunman with a purported hit list that included several prominent elected leaders. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz. The call for help came in around 6.30 a.m. after two shots were fired in the retired judge's home. His neighbor's son from across the street is banging on the door saying that someone murdered his father. The Juneau County Special Tactics and Response Team entered the residence and located the homeowner, a 68-year-old male who was deceased. Police rendered aid to the suspect, 56-year-old Douglas Udi, who appeared to have shot himself. In 2005, state judge John Romer sent the suspect to prison for six years on weapons charges. As a convicted felon, the alleged shooter should have been barred from owning a gun. The uh, individual who's the suspect um, appears to have had other targets as well. 
A hit list was reportedly found naming Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and Democratic Governors Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan and Tony Evers of Wisconsin, who reacted to the judge's murder. To be targeted like that, it, it makes me, frankly, stick to my stomach. Threats and inappropriate communications against federal courts and judges have ballooned to more than 4,500 last year. In 2020, a man stalked federal judge Esther Salas. At her home, he wounded her husband and killed their only child, Daniel. She's pushing Congress to pass a bill that would remove judges' personal information from the Internet. I want to just say to our members of Congress, I am literally begging them to do the right thing. That federal bill is named after Judge Salas's son. It has bipartisan support, but has been blocked by Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, who wants members of Congress, in addition to judges, to also have their information removed from the Internet. As for the suspect in Wisconsin, Nora, he is alive, but in critical condition. Adriana Diaz, thank you. It's been a massive cleanup effort in South Florida today after a powerful storm flooded areas, forcing rescues and turning high-priced cars into waterlogged trash. That system went on to become the first-named storm of the season, Tropical Storm Alex. It is now out in the Atlantic. CBS's Manuel Bajorquez reports from South Florida. Some parts of South Florida got more than a foot of rain this weekend, leaving cars and drivers stranded in knee-deep water in Miami and making others look more like amphibious vehicles. It was the result of a tropical system not organized enough to be a named storm at the time, but still packing a punch, leading to water rescues and some flooded homes. This is just the beginning season of the rain, and we already flooded out. Forecasters have predicted an above-average hurricane season this year, and just days into it, they urge residents in hurricane and flood-prone parts of the country to be prepared and not rule out tropical systems just because they aren't named storms. The water can be dangerous with any type of tropical system. When they move over an area like South Florida or any other part of the U.S. coastline, this is the end result that can happen, so we just have to be ready. The rainfall also overwhelmed parts of Miami-Dade County's sewer system, and due to the runoff, officials had to shut down one beach, and they advise against swimming along certain parts of the coastline here tonight. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you. More storms are in the forecast this week with severe thunderstorms from the plains to the Midwest. Elsewhere, excessive heat warnings are in effect across Texas as dangerously high temperatures are in the forecast. Temperatures are expected to top 100 degrees and more than 60 record high temperatures could be broken across the south and the west this week. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
File this under the news, you're going to need a bigger boat. Along the Jersey Shore, boaters and beachgoers are on the lookout. So right Great in front white of shark. So right in front of them. Right off the coast of Seattle. That's right. That's a 12-foot, 1,000-pound great white shark that was spotted over the weekend about a mile offshore from the beach and resort towns of Sea Isle City and Avalon. Great whites migrate this time of year, and it's not unusual for them to be seen off the northeast coast. All right, tonight there's a promising drug in the battle against breast cancer. AstraZeneca says a drug of a study of its drug in HER2 stopped tumor progression for nearly 10 months compared to five months with chemotherapy. The drug is already on the market for patients with advanced breast cancer, and the company hopes it could be used to treat early stage disease. We've all sent a message we wished we could take back. Well, today Apple announced a new feature allowing you to do just that. The upgrade means you can edit or undo a message, an iMessage. One of the most amazing sporting events in the world kicked off today in Orlando, the 2022 Special Olympics. More than 5,500 athletes from all 50 states are taking part, and CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports that for some, just getting to the Games was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. With the choreography of a ballet, 128 jets touch down minutes apart. It's the world's largest peacetime airlift, bringing more than 800 athletes to this year's Special Olympics in Orlando. It felt like we were celebrities just coming off that plane, just everybody just rooting for us. We flew with the Texas men's basketball team on a luxurious Cessna Citation. For David Acevedo, it's his first time on a jet. What do you think? I'm loving it. Every, every moment, every minute, just take off. Had a little tingle. It tickled, but I was good. When you're a person with intellectual disability, you are often invisible. They're going to be able to go back home and say to people without intellectual disability in their communities, guess what I did? The airlift took two years of careful planning. The biggest single cost for these Olympic teams is their travel costs. So this is one way to help them get to the games in style, offset those costs for them. We'll see you in Orlando. Pilots like Ray Bailey donate their time, aircraft, and the fuel. To see the excitement on these kids' face, to me, is, is what makes this all worth it. Do you think this is a memory you'll, uh, you'll hold on to? I'll hold on to this until the day I die. An unforgettable flight fit for a champion. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, Orlando. Really well done. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. Thanks for starting the week with us. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.